Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome back to episode 59 of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Chief Bat Company based out of Manchester, Iowa. They do fantastic customized bats. I was actually talking to our next guest off camera and he said that the Chief Bat Company sometimes will even have bats given to semi-pro tournaments for awards that people win. Check them out on Facebook, the Chief Bat Company. Ben Ogden does fantastic work. Our next guest, he's just a little guy. Well, this little guy comes from Wallert Catholic High School. He was a member of Wallert Catholic's all-decade team while being just a little guy. He is an ARC or the Iowa Conference champion for the Cohawks and currently the reigning semi-pro MVP from the Zwingle Suns, we welcome Isaac Evans to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Isaac, that MVP came from the opening Bellevue Tournament, correct? Yes, yep, correct. What a way to start off that semi-pro season, winning a MVP award, huh? Yeah, I wish we could have won the tournament, but uh, Farley got us, I think. I think you're right. Now, Isaac, before we get into some of your upbringing and growing up in that, first thing that I do want to talk about is I am promoting this episode, but he's just a little guy featuring Isaac Evans with you laying out, all out, full extension, I believe with the purple fence in the background, I'm guessing, was that Central DeWitt? Yeah, that was a sub-state game, sub-state final. Gosh, I have a keen eye. All I knew is that fence and a little bit of purple to pinpoint Central DeWitt. Jake Oglesby, a former teammate of yours, current head coach at Bellevue Marquette, commented saying that that is one of the best photos ever taken. We had some photographers agree. Coach Tischer even agreed that it's one of the greatest photos ever taken. I do not think you made the catch. Looking at you laying out and looking where the baseball is at, did you make the catch for the promo photo? And if you haven't seen it, check us out on Facebook, check us out on Instagram, everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman on Twitter. Isaac, did you make the catch in your promotional photo for this episode? Uh, here's the deal. Yes, I made the catch, but when I hit the ground, it popped out of my glove, so we'll call it a glove malfunction. I only used that glove for one year, and I never used it again. So it was the official score would have been it was a base hit, correct? Yes. So I was half right and half wrong. I I said you didn't make the catch. I thought it actually probably scooted under you for a triple, but you actually did have it in your glove and, and popped out. Isaac, 
I, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with the Co College website. I'm calling baloney sandwich on this. I'd use a different BS word if I wasn't a teacher and this wasn't a PG episode. I have been in those meetings where we weigh people and we check their height out and the ruler comes nowhere near their head. The Co College website lists you as five foot seven, 150 pounds. You are nowhere near five seven. How tall are you actually? Well, if you go by the Waller basketball roster, when I was a senior, I was 5'10". So we're <laughs> going to go by that one. I think. <laughs> so Waller listed you as 5'10"? Yes, and that was not my doing. That was all Coach English. And Co College lists you at 5'7". I would have to guess 5'5". Five, five. What, what, what are you actually? With cleats on, 5'7", for sure. Okay. All right. And people will not know this, and we're not going to talk about it very long, but Isaac, when I coached seventh grade football, was the shortest guy on the field. He was my starting quarterback, and we went undefeated that year because of the tight end reverse. We would run every third down with Cordell Pemsel, but you threw quite a bit that year. Now, Isaac, I'm going to say you're 5'6". Okay. You have defied the odds and played baseball at a high level all through your upbringing. I believe it was the Dubuque Brewers in the Independent League, on to Wallert Catholic High School, and now for uh, the Co College Cohawks. How do you do that? You're you're five seven. I I would have I would have looked at you, and I've done this before, where I've seen kids walk out onto the field or the court. I see how small they are, and and I initially just write them off and pay no attention to them. So, how have you stuck in the game? Um, I don't know. I guess my thoughts on it when I step on the field, I I don't feel like the small guy out there. Um, I don't know. I just I've always been scrappy, I guess you could say, and I kind of have to at some times, but um, I don't know, just being smart on the field, making the right plays, uh, knowing what's going on, always focused and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always hustling too. You got to remember that you got to hustle all times. And um, yeah, I mean, that goes a long way to hustling and taking extra bases and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Now, when I I look at you, I, I have what I believe is your greatest skill set, but I'm going to turn it around on you. What would you say is your top skill set that keeps you playing at such a high level for a conference champion at Co, and then also winning MVP awards and semi-pro tournaments? Um, I mean, I'd definitely say my defense, first of all. Um, I've, I've worked a whole lot on defense and fielding fly balls and throwing stuff so I, I definitely say that's my top skill set and then getting on base um i've learned to be patient at the at the at the plate and get on base whenever i need to and start the game off a walk or something if if i can and i don't just getting runs creating runs and uh just making just creating uh not creating but um creating chaos i guess you could say yeah, making the other plays. Making things happen at the top of the lineup. I know you can actually use your size. You're just a little guy as, as a great skill set, making that strike zone small. If you get on first base, more than likely you're probably going to steal second, score on a base hit or on first base, score um, on a double. But, you know, knowing you 
and watching your game coming up through the ranks while I was at Hempstead and then coaching you at Mazza Kelly in football and basketball, I would say that your top skill set is you have a very high sports IQ, but I would double down and say you have such a high baseball IQ. I would even argue that when you play, you probably have the highest baseball IQ on the field, and you might even have a higher baseball IQ of some of the coaches on, on some of the coaching staffs. Now, that is something that a lot of kids lack these days. How did you develop such a high baseball IQ? Um, I'd just say playing games when I was younger. I played a whole lot. I played travel ball. played, I mean, in the backyard with my friends and cousins. We'd always have wiffle ball games and stuff like that. But I'd definitely just say playing games, watching games. I, I mean, I watched my dad growing up playing semi-pro when I was could barely walk, and then he played softball too, and I I watched that. But um, yeah, I just say playing games, really, just getting to know the game and the flow of it, and um, when to do the right stuff. I mean, it all comes down to that. Um, yeah, really, just playing games, just keep playing, practicing, just know the game from uh, kind of an outside perspective and bring it in. I guess. I, I think you see when kids play, they they just don't know where you're supposed to be on a pickoff throw to first base or if you're the on-deck hitter and somebody's scoring on a base hit that you need to be behind the batter's box telling them that where to slide or or where they can stand up or even getting involved in rundowns and that sort of thing. And it seems like you've always put yourself in the right place at the right time and throughout your career have always made um, big, big plays to help your teams out. Now, I did verify this, but um, your dad did play baseball at the University of Northern Iowa when they had a program. I'm sure after your dad hears this and the thousands of listens that it gets, he'll probably reach out to me and he'll probably want to be a guest on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. But how did your dad help you prepare growing up um, to play high school baseball and even beyond that? Uh, I mean, where do I start? I mean, he had a bat in my hand. Before I was walking, uh, I mean, I have a picture of me holding this old wood bat on his bed. Um, I mean, I really owe everything. I ha- I have accumulated uh, accolades and everything to him. He would never turn a chance down to help me get better. He'd always be in the backyard, hit me fly balls, and then he'd hit me top ten plays, we'd call it, and we'd just be diving around in the backyard, playing a little pepper. Um, but, yeah, he's always been there for me, supporting me, and uh, – yeah, just he's a, he he loves a game of baseball, and that rubbed off on me a lot. And uh, he's he's always there to talk about it and talk about games and what I could have done better. Um, he holds me accountable. I mean, it's I mean everything he's done has been awesome, and I I just I really do owe him everything. Now, knowing you and and your family for quite some time, I mean, I've known your grandpa for, it seems like, forever, and then we have Tyler and and Austin Shawl and then Mike Shawl as well. You know, when when I think of your family and I think of your grandpa and I think of your dad, I think of that popular baseball meme and that popular baseball saying I've seen floating around social media, and it's, I, I now know why my dad 
for five years only had three outfits and wore the same old beat up Nikes because he was spending his money to send me to the best camps to meet with the best instructors instructors to play with uh, the best travel teams. And, and I just, knowing your family, I just kind of have a feeling that that your dad has a little bit of some of that. And I don't know what your guys' financial statements is, or, or I don't know if you've never released your tax returns or, or what's going on. But um, I just kind of have a feeling that, that your dad just, for all of his kids, would always go above and beyond to, to get you guys um, the best and, and to help you guys and support you in your dreams and your career. Yeah, they definitely, I mean, both my parents both sacrificed a lot to help me get where I'm at today. Um, I mean, just about every weekend I'm doing something. And so, I mean, they sacrificed their time and their plans for me uh, throughout my whole life. Now, you came up through the Dubuque Brewers in the Independent League, and you had an outstanding high school career at Waller Catholic High School. Now, what coaches on staff did you have while you were there? Uh, Freshman year, I had... uh, Coach Meisner, Travis Meisner, and uh, Davidson, he coached the other team. Um, and then sophomore year, I had Coach Perkle, that I'm said now, uh, Coach Lawler, and I had uh, Coach Bogey, who was on the podcast. Uh, I, I, I think it was my freshman year when I came up at the end of the year. Um, at sophomore level, he, he was there. And then varsity, I had Coach Rowling, Coach Tish, uh, Coach Cass, and um, Coach Reese. Yeah, I was unsure if if you had Coach Rowling or if he was if he had hung it up during that. That's why I, I was curious. Now, what did the coaches do to help excel your game to get you to be a college prospect? Um, I mean, that goes that goes back to the the IQ. I mean, they helped me a lot too with that. Um, Coach Rowling, he was always taking opportunities to help you get better. He was never satisfied with where we were at. Um, even so, that squeeze play that we that won us uh, sub state final. He after the game, he was uh, he was kind of going over uh, the game and the, at that last play, and he he goes, he's like, you know what, that's a great play at the end, Isaac. Thought you left a little bit early on that, but we got the job done. <laughs> he was oh my gosh, he was the best. Coach now I. I do have to ask this because Coach Tisher has had this in my ear, and um, he says there is a crazy story about in that sub-state game where the walk-off suicide squeeze won the game for you. He said there's a crazy story about how you even ended up on third base. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me remember. Okay, so I started off with a single, and then I think there's a walk to get me to second. And then uh, I think we, we ran a play that we'd been working on all year. And uh, t- I mean, Tish told us, he's like, we're, we're not going to use this a whole lot, but that one time we're going to use it, it's going to help us out a lot and could win us a ball game. And uh, so we had runners on first and second, and we did a fake bunt, I believe. And then I took third at a, a really close play. Uh, and then I, yeah, I was safe. And then Alex Savory was up to bat on – we called time and he uh, came up to Tisher and he was like, I'm going to let you swing this first time, second time, second pitch, you don't get a hit, we're going to squeeze here. And um, and he hit a foul ball, I think, on the first pitch and then we squeezed to win it. 
That's awesome. Great, great in-game coaching to call that uh, fake the bunt, draw that third baseman in, steal third base, and then to, uh, you know, because everybody's thinking their squeeze could possibly be on. So when you call the guy down to third, you're thinking, hey, the squeeze is probably going to be on, and then to let him swing away that first pitch. I always like the the play. I, I never got a chance to run it, but we would practice it all the time. First and third with a lefty on the mound, and the guy on first base takes the most ridiculous lead ever. And then when he picks up his leg to throw over, the guy on third base takes off and, and steals home. That's that's one where if I ever get back into coaching again, I'm just going to do it just to run that one play. And then when I run that one play, I think I might walk off the field and uh, never step on there again. But as as a um, player, did you ever make the state tournament for Wallard? Yeah, we made it uh, both years, uh, my junior and senior year, and then they made it the year after as well. I thought you were a part of that three-peat. Now, take us um, through some of those memorable times that you had at Wallard. I'm sure the state tournament run and the state tournament games have a huge part in that, but go ahead and touch on some of those a little bit, Isaac. Um, yeah, so 2015, we we got down Principal Park, and it was raining, and we didn't know if we'd be able to play. I think we were, we were in the locker room playing stupid games, and then they, they postponed it to the next day. We had to play at Southeast Polk, which really, really sucked. Um, but, I mean, Southeast Polk's a great field, turf field, so we got to play there, and we lost to Harlan. I don't even remember the score, but they're a really good young team. Um, and then the next year, we played uh, – Solon at Principal Park got back to Principal Park and uh, we were the one seed and got 10 run ruled. So that wasn't very, they're a very fun game to be a part of. And now think of some of the, the great memories that you had. What are, what are some of the games that, that stand out? What are some of the plays that stand out that when you and your buddies that you played with get together, you still you still talk about to this day. I haven't played high school baseball in 20 years. And when my group of friends that were on the, on teams get together, we still talk about certain plays and certain games. What do you and your buddies talk about? Well, we talk about the DeWitt uh, squeeze play a lot. Um, uh, West Delaware, we, that was uh, – district final game where we hit two home runs uh i had one and then bo bergmeyer hit one as well we won the game two to one i, I think um but uh me, me and my buddies talk about i think it was a game at city high where i was pitching i came into close game and there's a ground ball back to me and it was for the final out of the game to win and i go over to first to to toss it underhand and I airmailed the first baseman. <laughs> so they make fun of me all the time for that, but I ended up getting the next out, which made up for that. But yeah, we talk about that a lot. Now, um, now the home run that, that you hit, were you able to hit from second base? Because I don't know if you have the power to drive one out of the ballpark. <laughs> that's kind of disrespectful. <laughs> no, I got that power sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good fortune right in West Delaware. So, yeah. Now, you were also part of a state championship at Wallert for the basketball team. Now, how many state championships did you win there? Uh, just the one my junior year. Now, what do you think held the Wallert baseball program back 
from winning a state championship in baseball because basketball they had quite a stretch run there and yeah. and I don't want to say a lot of it was due to Cordell because you guys had a good team um, even if Cordell's not on your team you guys were still very good but what do you think stood in the way of you guys not winning a state tournament you were there yourself two years in a row and then Waller was there three years in a row so what stood in the way uh, I mean, we we really ran in some hot teams. Harlan was uh, really hot. They hit, hit the crap out of it, and they were just and they were all young too. And I mean, I, I gotta give the other team props too. And Solon was probably the hottest team in the state that year at that time. I don't. They were. I think they were just above five hundred when we played them. But um, yeah, I mean, just running the hot teams, um, timely hitting, didn't have that. I mean. Just didn't play our best ball games those those two games in the state tournament. Yeah, once the tournament starts, everybody's got a zero zero record, and it seems like everybody always has one good pitcher. And if the ball doesn't bounce your way, a call doesn't go your way, um, it's it's difficult to to get to the state tournament. Now, would you say that those state tournament games are your biggest disappointments? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Yeah, I mean, if I go back and play again, I mean, I'd play a whole whole different game. I mean, I'd, I thought I thought going in our senior year we'd be able to get one, but I mean, again, just running into hot teams, it's a killer. And besides that one comebacker where you underhand tossed it and airmailed the first baseman, if there were any plays or any moments that you could relive and redo, which what what, what would they be? Um, I'd, I'd want to catch that ball that's on the picture. That'd be, that'd be a good one. It's that, that way I can say I caught, I caught it. So. <laughs> and then of all of your best moments that you had in baseball, if you could go back and relive one of those moments and have the feeling that you had during that time, what moment would you most want to relive? Definitely the squeeze play. That was such a rush because that whole, that whole game, it was 1-1 in the first inning, and then we didn't score the rest of the game until the last inning. I can't remember if we went to extras or not, but just sliding into home and going to mob Alex was it was awesome. I it just I can't explain how that felt. It was, and that was the first time we'd been to state in a long time in Wallard. So, I mean, that was just a great feeling to get that for Coach Rowling and Coach Tish. It was huge. And what, that game, were you guys the home team? Yeah. Yep. But, but you guys played at DeWitt? DeWitt, yeah. I I don't really remember how that worked out, but I yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I, I used I know they got rid of this, but they used to always start those games with a coin flip, but it's just kinda weird to be playing at DeWitt. Um was that would that have been against Sycama? Uh Sycama pitched the last inning, but first First part of the game was Stephens, I believe. And who threw for you guys that you were able to shut them down for seven innings? Um, if I had to guess, it'd be Austin Savory, but I, I don't remember, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Now, you had a successful run at Wallert Catholic High School. Your mm-hmm. baseball career then took you to Coe College in Cedar Rapids. Now, Corey Davidson sometimes co-host, sometimes guests of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. 
He said in our all area, all decade episodes, it's a three-part series. If you're new to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, go back and check them out. He said that despite your size, you had a big league swing. Do you think your size impacted D1 and D D2 programs from looking at you? I mean, obviously, yes, but I'm not one to make excuses on why I shouldn't have been, and I don't regret going to Coe for one second. It's the best decision I've ever made. And what ultimately took you to Coe? Um. My uh, my dad's cousin-in-law actually coaches a basketball team there, so I had a connection there, and my, my cousin was there as well at that time. Um, it just kind of felt like home to me, uh, familiar. Um, and then Coach Cook, we just hit it off right off the bat. Um, I, th- I think in our first meeting he talked about my size, but he said he didn't care about my size because he knew what I could do on the field. And, I mean, that just – it was kind of, I was sold right there because he told me all the things that we're going to do and what he can do for me. And I just, I knew right away that he was going to be the coach for me because he would hold me accountable and make me a better player, which he has for sure. And what other schools were showing interest toward you when you were at Wallert? Um, Central was uh, from the IAC or the ARC. Uh, Warburg was. I didn't have a very good meeting with uh, – coach down there won't talk about that but uh, <laughs> but uh I, I think ambrose I, I took a visit at ambrose once but um i went on a couple visits to co and I, I mean i didn't really need need to go anywhere else or look anywhere after that now co seems to have really tight tapped into that dubuque area pipeline um to gather some of our top prep players what guys in the area did you play with while you were while you, I'm sorry, that you played with at Waller or played against in high school that played with you at Co. Yeah, um, Alex Temp, he, he played at Waller. He's at Co now, pitching for us. Um, TJ Deardorff from senior, he's there. Uh, one of the best relievers in the conference, probably nation, I would say. Um, Riley the Grand from Beckman, uh, he's an animal. <laughs> uh, Nolan Weber from Cascade, he's something else. Uh, Cody Deardorff, TJ's brother. From senior, and then Reed Roush from Cascade as well. And that, you can tell the Dubuque area has had a lot of success because Coe has had a lot of success. What accomplishments have you and the team had since you've been down there at Coe? Sure. Um, I mean, we were conference champs last year. Uh, we had the best record the IAC or the ARC's ever seen, so that was really cool to do. A great group of guys to do it with. Um, been in the conference tournament every year, um, regional champs uh, last year, um, going to Super Regional. That was a blast. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of success, and it's been fun. Now, we all know last year was a disappointing year, and mm-hmm. many people, actually not many, all baseball players lost their season to the coronavirus. Now, how did you hear the news that your season was going to be canceled? Yeah, so it was the day before we were supposed to leave for Florida. We had a practice, and we were all the team, the whole team was in the locker room, and we were all just on our phones looking at Twitter, and we saw, I think the ARC tweeted something about season being canceled, and coach came in and told us the news, and 
yeah, we went to the bar right after and <laughs> forgot about <laughs> it for a little bit and then came back to reality, so. Yeah, yeah, get those, get those bar visits in before they close everything down, right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> now, what, what's the initial feeling when you see that tweet and then your coach sits down with you guys as a team and says, yeah, this is, this is legit, there's, there's no more baseball, pack up your lockers and seniors, thanks. What what, yeah. what what kind of feelings do you have? I mean, it was almost disbelief at the time. Um, I mean, I, a lot of the guys just sat there for a couple hours just not saying anything. It was it was probably one of the worst things I've ever ever had to hear from I mean from a coach. And um, but yeah, I was I, I didn't really know what to what to think at the time, and I was just and we didn't know if we we're going to get another year of eligibility. Um, but yeah, it was it was tough, and um, yeah, all those all, all the guys in the locker room just no talking. And yeah, people I, get up, each other hugs and stuff. And I, it was sad. <laughs> I still cannot believe that we are in October, mm-hmm. and we're still kind of in the same place where we were back in in March. That that really that really rubs me. Uh, the wrong way. Now, you do have um, your degree, and you have since graduated. I know people are wondering, are we going to see Isaac Evans suit up for the Cohawks again, or is he strictly going to stick to the Zwingle Suns? I'm not hanging up the cleats yet. No way. <laughs> so you have one more year. This upcoming year at Coe College will be your senior and final season. Is that correct? Yep. What are some of the goals you have? What are some of the goals your teammates have going into your final season at Co? Um, I mean, main goal is get to the World Series and win the thing. So, um, but yeah, win a conference title again. Um, I just take get, uh, game by game. That's all we can do now. Not not sure if we're gonna be able to get uh, Florida trip in this year or not, but we'll see. I guess um, I don't just take it day by day. Now. College and minor league ball—they're known for their road trips. You mentioned your Florida trip. What are what are some of the craziest or funniest, um, too hard to believe moments of some of your college road trips? Well, I probably shouldn't say the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, JT Henry, if you're listening to this, I won't. <laughs> He's our third baseman. <laughs> but um, I got—I mean, the the bus. But the bus ride back from St. Louis, we won the regional. was awesome. We we blasted some Kid Rock, oh, their speaker. Good choice. Got the bus bumping. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we always play Euchre on the bus and road trips. Um, we, we played a lot in Nebraska when one of our games got postponed uh, for a day. And we just sat in the hotel, played Euchre. I think we went to a movie, too. So that was fun. Um, and then another one, uh, when we were in Florida – Coach Sakers, uh, who uh, passed away recently due to cancer, um, he was driving a van, and all of a sudden he just veers off on the side of the road, and we all get out and like, what's going on? He's like, well, oh, ran out of gas. <laughs> the rental company didn't fill the tank up. <laughs> so that was really funny, and I'll never forget that. <laughs> now, um it's it's crazy because I, I just think of how much I love to travel, but when I travel, it's always by airplane. 
And yeah. I talked to guys that have played D2 and D3 and NAIA baseball, and, and they talk about their greatest memories really weren't on the field. They were those 8 to 12 to 16 hour bus rides that they have and the, the camaraderie uh, between the teammates. Now, yeah. this past summer, you played for the Zwingle Suns in semi-pro. You won the opening MVP award for the Bellevue tournament. What made this this semi-pro season different? Um, I mean, just with COVID going on, it was really the only thing competition-wise going on this summer, and draw, drawing a lot, drew in a lot of uh, attention from all over. We had, we had some Wisconsin guys on our team come in and play just because they didn't have anything uh, going on there baseball-wise. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it brought in a lot of fans, a lot of people watching. Um, it was just exciting, too. We had some University of Iowa players come play. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was awesome this summer. It was a lot of fun. Now the the Wingle Suns were kind of a surprise team for me. Now I'm I'm new to the um, the semi pro scene, but um, your record doesn't really reflect how successful of a year you guys had. Overall, you were thirteen and twelve, but you did find yourself in a few championship games. You know how many championship games you were in off the top of your head? I think it was five. Five championship games. What what led to the success of the Zwingle Suns this season? Well, I definitely have to give a shout-out to our manager slash coach, BJ Altoff. Best in the biz. He got us to where we needed to be always. Always kept us in line, made the right decisions. Um, but uh, we had a lot of team chemistry this year. I mean, we had a lot of guys back from last year playing again. Uh, good amount of young guys, good amount of older guys. Uh Craig, Craig and Travis Lyons, uh, brothers, they they provide a good uh, sense of leadership for us. Uh, and then uh, Lance Richardson as well, our first baseman, does a great job. At first, he won a couple of awards, I think. He, best first baseman in the Bernard tournament. But, yeah, it was it was a great year for us. It was fun. I mean, we always have fun. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really fun this year. And you mentioned those Lions boys. I mean, holy cow, they could have an episode just themselves with some of the stories that they have between Craig, Travis, and then Cole. I played with Cole at Hempstead. Now, I want you to think back of all of your years playing at Wallert and then also playing college when you come through Dubuque as well. And then think about your time in the semi-pro. Now, people always like to hear through the eyes of a hitter, especially you're our first leadoff hitter I think we've had. So your focus is a little bit different than some of the guys that are paid to step into the box and, and drop bombs. But who are some of the most feared pitchers that you've had to face from the Dubuque area? Um, well, f- first, first one that comes to mind is Connor Grant. Uh, when I, I think I was a sophomore at, uh, they were doing a showcase at the Piazza Field, and he was, we were, I think we were playing a live game, and he was pitching, and he was throwing ninety plus. And that was the first time I've ever seen ninety, and I think I grounded out against him, but he was the first pitcher I faced where I was like, holy cow, like these, there's some good pitchers in this area. Uh, so I give him props, and he he played semi pro too and won a bunch of awards. Um, 
other than that, um, Chase Keeter from Bellevue, he was at UD. He was always hard to face, always a tough pitcher to to get to, really. Um, and then Zach Kameen, our co-pitcher, who's going to Kentucky now, he, he's 94, 95, sits, sits there. He's he's been really tough to to face in live, but it's I mean it was good to see him uh, pitching and yeah. Now, now Isaac, before we uh, hit into that podcast ending double play, what can we expect to see from Isaac Evans this year and beyond? Um. Well, I'll be back at Co and uh, in the spring or I guess in the start of the winter to take class. Um, get conference championship, get a world series and then, uh, into the workforce, I guess, unless some team decides to take a, a flyer on me, uh, I'd be willing to accept that, I guess. <laughs> Isaac, we wish you the best of luck. And I would argue that you are probably one of the most feared leadoff hitters to come through the area in my 20 years of coaching baseball in the area. And if you haven't seen Isaac play, check out the Cohawks when they come into Dubuque to play the University of Dubuque Spartans or the Loris College Dewhawks. Go out to a Zwingle Suns game or, or check out a tournament. You will be impressed that this guy who claims to be five foot seven can do the things he does on the baseball field. It is exceptional to watch and it is fun to watch. Six four three, we're out of here. Post game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.